whoever is listening guys welcome back my name is grayson man and this is a very long overdue name with the plan podcast this is episode 105 hopefully you're having a great tuesday morning or whenever you're listening when this episode drops it'll be probably seven o'clock in the morning on tuesday i got an exam tomorrow so that'll be certainly something today we have a lot of truths in this podcast um I think I want to a apologize for the lack of content that seems to be this inconsistent semester, but I promise things will start to ramp up. Still trying to get that guest on the show. We'll figure that out as time goes along and uh, just some overall exciting stuff. I, I probably going to bring JEM live back on again as the NFL season continues to ramp up. How about that? Equals are five and oh, that's certainly not what wasn't on my bingo card to start the NFL season. So a lot of great stuff today. We're going to talk about DJ Uyunglele. And I know for those that follow me on Twitter know that it's a hot conversation. It's fun to have. Uh, finally get to have it on this show and present it to you guys in that manner. So I'm very, very pumped about that. And then we're going to talk about buying or selling. They, they do this on shows often. Buy or sell. The NFL backup quarterbacks, mainly Bailey Zappi, Jacoby Brissett, and Cooper Rush. So we'll talk a little bit about Andy Dalton and Teddy Bridgewater as kind of like they're in their own pairing. But so we're going to be talking a lot about quarterbacks today, but that's usually pretty important conversation to have. So, guys, hopefully you enjoy. Let's get started on why DJ, his turnaround is just a great college football story. We talk a lot about expectations versus reality on the show. I believe we've done a couple where we'd go like one team. How did they perform in a certain season and compare it to what the reality was? I've seen other podcasts do it. I enjoy doing it just because it brings a certain perspective on how things went. And when hindsight is 2020, you're able to more accurately predict things and you're able to say, Hey, maybe this should have happened, or maybe this play should have been run so many times. I look at the chargers as one of those expectations versus reality where they have all the pieces, but sometimes it just doesn't come together. And that takes me to the 2021 Clemson tigers. One of the most contentious 10 and three seasons that I've ever seen for any college football program, not even Alabama. And I, while I'm more in the Clemson community, I mean, you guys can see and see on my social media, I work for Clemson media. So I see a lot of more things within that community than I would in an Alabama, a Michigan. So I don't know how contentious it gets in Ann Arbor or how contentious it gets in Tuscaloosa. But let me tell you, Clemson, South Carolina was a hot spot for controversy in 2021. That fall season was filled with injuries, inconsistency, lineup inconsistency, Anything that you maybe could have said could have gone wrong, it went wrong last year. There was a lot of things that happened. So when you look back for six games through 2021 season, Clemson was four and two, and this year they are six and oh. And what is the center of all of that when you talk about Clemson? Well, it's the quarterback, DJ Uyunglele. Let's talk about him. This is this, the video is titled Why His Turnaround is one of the great stories this year in college football. We always have something. We always have something to be inspired about, something to look forward to. And I think this year, more than anybody, he has deserved what has come to him. And it's been incredible to see. So last year, through four games, he had, I believe, three touchdowns and three pick. Or six games, three touchdowns, about, it was four touchdowns and three interceptions. This year, DJ is at a 64.2 completion percentage, 1,462 yards, 14 touchdowns, and only two picks with 324 yards on the ground with three scores and a quarterback rating of 157, 151.1, excuse me. 
And in 2021, DJ finished with a 55.6 completion percentage, nine touchdowns, 10 picks, and a quarterback rating of 108.7. So you can see across the board that the changes that he is not only put into this game, but also just this change in the stats are phenomenal for him. 14 touchdowns already through the air, beating his season total on pace for probably less than 10 interceptions, I would say, and a completion percentage that's nearly 10 points higher than it was last year through six games. Because when I started thinking about doing this topic, especially on this podcast, I didn't want to do it too early, but I also didn't want to do it too late. Clemson's at the point where we're 6-0. They've established that they're one of the top programs in the country. Once again, vying for a playoff spot. But if you do it too late, the narrative's kind of already there. It's been established and it's been beaten like a dead horse. It has to an extent, but I think for my purposes of the show, I wanted to talk about it and bring light to my audience that I will admit last year I was a little harsh on Clemson. I was not super high on them. I did believe that 10-3 and was considered a disappointment, even though for a lot of programs, that's a high accomplishment to be able to finish in the top 15 in the AP poll, be able to finish... 10 wins, win your bowl game, beat your rival at the end of the season, beat them like a drum uh, with a 30-point victory over the Gamecocks. So there was a lot of good things that happened that were overshadowed by expectations, and I fell right into that. I remember right on the way to the Georgia game, we were, me and my buddies were making predictions. How was the first touchdown for Clemson going to be scored? Little did we know there would not be a touchdown scored for Clemson that day. The only touchdown that game was a DJ Uyunglele pick six. But more on DJ and just the turnaround. So being able to talk to him this summer, being able to talk to him during the fall, there's so many things that are notable. He works his tail off. He has lost a lot of weight, which has helped him in that run game. He's healthy, which is another thing. And he's just, he told me in the summer in Charlotte, I was at ACC kickoff. He said that I have a new appreciation for winning following last year because he wasn't used to that kind of hardship when it came to football. A lot of things came easy for DJ. And so when you go to this season, it's evident. And I, there were still a lot of question marks going into the season. How is the quarterback going to perform? Now he has Cade Klubnik behind his back, ready to take the spot should he slip up. And the leash, I felt, was tight. Not anymore. I think DJ's earned a lot of staying power. I think if he continues to play like this, he's going to play his way into the NFL. Uh, I got a couple things. I, I didn't want to – you may not consider him as your Heisman candidate, but he's got a heck of a story. Uh, he's experienced the highest of highs, freshman hype tick coming in for Trevor Lawrence against Boston College, ironically, and Notre Dame, uh, throwing for nearly a thousand yards in two games and put the country on notice. Everybody was ready for DJ this to be his team. And it, when it came crashing down, everybody, all the hype turned like a snap of a finger. It hype turned into hate. And it was tough to see because you, you you will see this guy on campus and he's not a bad guy by any means it's just that the team it wasn't clicking and nothing was coming together so when you have this season and you've seen what he's improved on you've seen that he's making big plays fantastic reads we've seen him win a game for Clemson and we've seen him keep him in it we've seen the game manager we've seen the prolific passer we've seen the rushing ability everything's come together and I know that a lot of this is pro Clemson positive but when you look from an outside perspective, and I know that there's going to be a lot of bias potentially surrounded by this, but I, I personally believe this is one of the better stories in college football this year, just because a player, not many players go through what he's gone through in terms of just the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And it feels like he's finally found that balance of where he's playing where like everyone kind of expected him to, but keeping those expectations 
and kind of the hype is only surfacing, but it's not, it's not crazy. It's not being overdone if that makes sense. But I, I personally, I don't think he'll be a Heisman finalist, but I think he should certainly be considered for a spot just because you got a great story. He's ranked in one of the, a lot of top categories for stats this year. And he's got Clemson right back in the playoff conversation. There's a lot to be happy about. If you've been sticking by him since the beginning, or you've just hop on the wagon, this is a story to get behind. If you're a Clemson fan or a college football fan, I am enjoying it. And I think you guys should too. So, and that, that's my, that's my case for DJ, at least not as a Heisman candidate, but as a story. And I love it. And I cannot wait to see what Clemson does for the rest of the year, especially because I cover it as a job and just as a national storyline. So I'm going to take a short break. And when I return, we're going to talk buy or sell with NFL backup quarterbacks. Thank you guys. As always, we'll be right back. I think every year in the NFL, we have a backup quarterback. Somebody goes down. There's always an injury. It's an unavoidable thing, but I think it's something that always happens. You can almost put it. If you were to make a prop bet, you can bank on the fact somebody's team is going to go down and there's going to be a backup quarterback that comes in and momentarily dazzles us. And it's the new shiny object, especially when they play well. Everyone is enamored with enamored with the quarterback, especially the play. You have guys like Cooper Rush, Bailey Zappi, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, at least this season. We've had examples in the past where you have guys like Kyle Allen come in and dazzle us for a couple games. And the reality starts to set in. And this is more of what this segment is about. Buy or sell. Am I going to buy these backups or am I going to sell them? And it's not like necessarily like they're put, being put on the market right now. This is in terms of would I personally have them aboard. Would Not necessarily also that we got to establish some of the parameters of this little game or experiment for this podcast is do I, do I, do I buy into the play? Not necessarily as a starter, but are they viable? And I will explain it in certain situations. I may end up breaking my own rules really quickly, but we're going to go through Bailey Zappi. We're going to go through Kyle. We're going to go through the Kyle Allen thing first to start. We're going to talk about Bailey Zappi. We're going to talk about Cooper Rush. And we're talking about Jacoby Brissett specifically. We may touch on Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater, depending on what points are made and the flow of this. But let's start with Kyle Allen. So in 2019, Cam Newton's last year with the, uh, the Panthers, uh, Kyle Allen, uh, Cam Newton goes down with an injury. And it, it, that was a tough year for the Panthers. There was a, it was a very talented roster, great team. They start 4-2 and two with Kyle Allen going 4-0 in those starts and playing relatively well. But then reality sets in. You start to – there's a backup quarterback there for a reason. There are certain limitations on their game, certain mental limitations, not in terms of like they're stupid, but like just processing the game in a certain ways, just certain quarterbacks see the field better than others. And as a defense, you start to figure that out when you get the film, you get the tape, you get multiple games where you start to see, okay, this offense isn't doing that. We're going to have Kyle Allen do this, or he struggles against cover three, or he struggles against quarters defenses. Let's give him those looks and see if he can beat us. And until he proves us wrong, otherwise we're going to keep throwing that look out there, or he struggles against the, blitzing seven and he can't process the field fast enough. And then he's, he's going down. So Kyle Allen started four four now. And then the San Francisco game, again, a team that went to the super bowl. So I'll be fair through three picks and then a game against the Falcons. They did. They did not go to the super bowl through four. And that was the end of the Kyle Allen experiment. Cam Newton would come back and the Panthers would miss the playoffs that year after a great start finished disappointing. I believe they won five games to finish that year. 
and we're picking in the top 10 yet again. So there's a lot of backup quarterbacks. You got injuries to Mac Jones with the high ankle sprain. You got the injury with Tua and the concussion. You've got Deshaun Watson suspended currently, and you have Dak Prescott nursing back a thumb injury that he had to get stitches for and not yet ready to grip the football. So we start with Bailey Zappi, who is currently 1-0 as a starter, and he played well in his debut against Aaron Rodgers, where he threw for a touchdown. Uh, his current stats are two touchdowns, one interception, and I think he's near north of 60% in terms of completion percentage. So look, I get it, but I'm going to sell on Bailey Zappi. I get it. I get the hype. Don't worry, be Zappi. And coming from a Patriots fan, I've loved that he's been able to keep the season afloat, but there's a reason that Mac Jones is the franchise quarterback. And this would probably be a different conversation, I feel, if Mac Jones struggled in 2021. And I get that there were struggles to start the season, but I think that's in part to trying to get Devontae Parker involved heavily, uh, try to almost ver- validate that that decision by Belichick. Uh, and the, the product of having a brand new play caller for the first time at Matt Patricia. So the team was starting to kind of figure it out when Mac Jones went down, which is why you've been seeing an emphasis on the run and the zone runs with Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris racking up yardage like it's cash. <laughs> I, I don't know where that metaphor came from, but I, I'm just going to sell on Zappy. I don't think he's the long-term solution for the Patriots. If you're in the elevator and you're chatting it up with your friend and they're like, well, you think Bailey Zappy should start over Mac Jones? I'd say no. Now, if Bailey Zappy goes 6-0 and and the team is clearly better with him, maybe there's a conversation to be had there, but Mac Jones is the guy and not only Will this make this team better for it? I think it'll make Mac Jones a little better. It'll kind of give him a little bit of urgency. So I'm going to sell on Bailey Zappi. I'm going to buy with caution on Cooper Rush. I do not think he's going to take Dak's job. I think what Jerry Jones said was highly irresponsible. Uh, just to throw that out there and potentially force Dak back when he does not need to play if he's not 100%. I think Cooper Rush is a fine quarterback. He could be a starter for one of the 32 NFL teams. Probably better starter than, I can't say Geno Smith because he's been playing really well, but I think he'd be a serviceable starter on the Texans. Uh, The Bears, if the Justin Fields situation doesn't work out, I think he'd be serviceable in Detroit. Um, There's a lot of good spots for for Cooper Rush. I just don't think he's this franchise quarterback for the Cowboys. Coming off of a franchise year where Dak Prescott threw for over 30 touchdown passes, and when they went 12-4 and and won the division, I don't think it's fair to throw Dak Prescott out in the water. And it was a different situation with Tony Romo because Tony Romo was at the end of his rope. He was very, very injury prone. The back injuries were really, really serious. So it was a different situation there. And he was out for the entire, I believe he was out seven to eight weeks and the Cowboys were rolling by then. So it was an obvious decision to make for Dak with Dak Prescott. And I actually was on the phone with my buddy Jackson and he said, the Cowboys are doing what works and the Patriots are doing that as well. They're running the football and they're kind of letting be not kind of letting Cooper rush, take this game manager role where he doesn't, it's not like a dink and dunk type thing, but he just doesn't lose them the game and they use what works for their offense. And that is running the football with efficiency. So we'll see how it all pans out, but I'm going to buy Cooper rush with caution caution. I like what I see, but I don't think he's a franchise guy. Jacoby Brissett, I'm selling. This Browns team is close to sinking, and Jacoby's job was to not sink the boat. This is a team that has a Super Bowl roster. When they get their when they get their Super Bowl quarterback out of when they get him out of the the doghouse, as they would say. But I, I've seen what I, I would need for Brissett. He he's a great quarterback when you need him, one of the better backups in this league. But he's not going to get the Browns to the playoffs. They he just got to keep them afloat. It's 
more or less of they're doing the same thing with the cow with the Cowboys and Patriots are doing. Do what you're good at, run the football and do it well. But there were some throws on Sunday against the Chargers where you just kind of put your face, your hand in your face, just kind of like, oh man, that's that's not a good throw. And that he's also limited mobility wise. So when you bring it back to Sean Watson, the Browns can only just hope to be hopefully six and six, maybe seven and five, and see if Watson can provide some late season magic to get Cleveland in the playoffs. So I'm going to sell him Bursette. Not because he's a bad quarterback, but just because of what they have available when he's going to be ready to go in uh, about six weeks, I think. It's either 12 or 11 weeks of a suspension. And then my last two are Tandy, Teddy Bridgewater and Andy Dalton, which in their certain circumstances, they're both going to be here for about two two more weeks at least. Winston, I don't know the severity of his injury with his back. And then two with concussion, we don't know how long he'll be out. But uh, I'm not going to say how long he should because – it's very controversial at the moment. So I, I like both of those as backups. Andy Dalton could be a starter. Teddy Bridgewater could certainly be a starter uh, for the, he was for the Panthers and Andy Dalton for the, uh, the Bengals and partially the Cowboys. So he's made it work. Doesn't necessarily translate into wins, but that Cowboys team in 2020 was atrocious. So there was a lot of uh, you get you. I would buy both of those quarterbacks, but in certain situations, because I think the dolphins are just injury prone. Mind the phone just falling there. Uh, the dolphins are, just gassed right now, injury-wise. Uh, they're going to have a little bit of a drop-off, but I like what I see from them. I think they're a playoff team with Tua if he's healthy. Don't rush him out there, please. But, yeah, that'll do it for my buy or sell portion of the NFL quarterbacks, and this will wrap up today's Man with a Plan podcast, episode 105. Guys, thanks, as always, for joining. I appreciate your time, and have a fantastic week. We're going to try to do more of these consistently. We'll see how things go, though. No promises. <laughs> just because things always get busy. You know that. Uh, guys, thanks as always. Subscribe for more or listen, or give us a five-star rating to let us know you enjoy the show. And check out the TikTok, which has been doing very well. But you'll, you got you to go see why. Thank you guys as always. Take care and have a great week.